0: This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide
1: open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldog!
0: Live from the Bulldog Radio studios, we are back once again. This is the most valuable sports podcast, your home. For fair State Sports and more, Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy here, and we are back at it once again. Great show on deck, Joe.
1: Yeah, for sure. How's it going, everybody? What a day. Snowing for the first time. Ugh. Oh, that's rough. But Ugh. it's going to be a good one regardless. Brian, this might be the last episode we record in this whoa,
0: studio. Whoa, whoa, breaking the news already. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we'll get right to it. The big announcement coming. Bulldog Radio is going through some. Quote major changes, new changes, and are very good changes. We're going to be partnering with the music, entertainment, and business administration, as well as information security and intelligence. And we will be moving our ship over to College of Business, uh, a much more professional no more. setting, a lot more professional
1: equipment, and no more no more 1995 computer <laughs> and a third-floor star in a elevator. I think is going to break every time I get in that thing, dude. Things are looking up, Brandon. Things
0: are looking up. And the biggest thing with this move, and I can't thank all the people at Bulldog Radio as well as MEBA and ISIS for helping make this possible. It's just going to make the potential of this show so much more greater. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's super cool. And especially going down the stretch, we're going to finish out with a bang, me and Joe, of course, for the rest of this semester. and Next, a lot of great things on deck and a lot of great interviews in store. We don't have one for you today, um, but we wanted to go with a different avenue for this episode. We're going to get hot on the presses with the debate. In the recent news, we'll get to that uh, later in the show. But as always, let's kick it off, Joe. Fair State Sports Report, we go. Yeah. Let's start with the champs. Volleyball, GLIAC tournament Huge. title what in a, a
1: dogfight. What a game. What a game it I was. I was really super excited. We were up 2-0, and I was like, I'm going to be get to go home early. We're champs. I just bounce out. And no, we had to give it, give it away, and then they had to come back, crawl their way back, and dude, the fifth set as much of my back was hurting from those chairs that was like crazy because i was our our crowd was getting into it gb was getting into it i mean gb's only an hour away so they had quite the quite the presence there oh to yeah be honest but i think brought we brought the people our, our fans drowned him out uh near the third fourth set which was pretty cool to see um and dude Huge for the program. Really. Huge for the I mean, program. That was, that was one of the best volleyball games I've ever seen. I feel like even last year at Regional, my bad, uh, we had a little bit of an email situation. <laughs> we had that little <laughs> we're actually notification. Getting,
0: yeah, it turns out that we're actually getting an email from Coach Brandon Wilhelm talking to us, thanking us for shouting out the show. No, I'm just kidding. Who uh, um, would have thought, eh? We wish it would have been that way. We are have potentially having a volleyball guest on the next couple episodes, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for it. But I will say this. This game was incredible. Flat out incredible. I feel terribly bad for people that missed this game. The best volleyball game I've ever seen. And for those that followed along on Flow Volleyball, I appreciate all the support I got after that game. It was an absolute roller coaster, as Joe mentioned. Taking the first two, Grand Valley fights back just like they did in the semifinals. Take two back from us and really just made it an absolute dogfight in the penultimate fifth set. We were able to sneak it out. And it, it was just an incredible game all the mm-hmm. way around. It gave me goosebumps the entire, the whole, almost the whole rest of the game, especially the fifth set on the mics, because it was one of the experiences I was not expecting such a close game, and it was super good learning experience for me. And I think it was just the cherry on top for how great this season has been for this crew. Uh, it's it was just. a a fantastic game all the way around. The one quote that I I found in when I was writing this game, um, Coach Brandon Wilhelm said, in my perfect world, we would have put away that bad boy a lot sooner. (laughs) Or somewhere along those lines. In my perfect world, we would have put that bad boy away a little sooner. Like Joe mentioned, obviously, taking the anxiety out of play would have been nicer. Uh, But, I mean, taking a crown against a rival in a great, great game, I mean, that's going to be a memory that, Franklin, you're down. are going to lose and
1: it's going to last forever. Yeah. Also, number 10 from Grand Valley, Jordan Gates. Real deal. Real
0: 25 deal. 25
1: kills, 23 digs, 25 assists. She was all over the place. It was a nightmare for me because I was trying to be able to do stats for that, and they had, like, three setters. Yes, and she was And I was just like, dude, I hate this so much. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, when they started to come back, you can definitely tell that our team started to get a little bit more timid. We were Whenever we'd go up with kills, we weren't really hitting it as hard as we were the first two. We were kind of trying to place it rather than just, you know, hitting it and really just powering it through like we usually do. So that was one of the main reasons why I think they were able to claw back a little bit. And, you know, when you got a, when you got a person on your team that's got twenty five assists and twenty five kills, and it's just all over the place, like she was lights out, especially in this uh fourth set when uh it was kind of like what did they get up to like 10 in front of us or something like that something like that yeah and she was the reason for like the last like five or six points that run and then we kind of came back a little bit and fell off and they were able to take that set from us but yeah we just really fell off i feel like in the in the last in the third and fourth set which was really the main reason why they were able to come back just because we weren't really playing with that intensity like we were when we first came out i mean the first the first set we won like what 25 16 i was like dude it's gonna be perfect or no it's gonna be a quick little 3-0 yeah but Grand Valley had to be that thorn on our side and come back. But doesn't even matter. It's regionals. We don't have to host, which means I don't have to work a two 12-hour days back Man. in a row. Huge. Uh, but, yeah, one of the best valley volleyball games I've ever seen in a long, long time.
0: One of the best for sure. And Grand Valley has a lot of great players, and you saw a lot of them. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Gates um, as well as Savannah Thompson, Kendall Stover. Those were all great players in my mind. Sarah White as well. Uh, A lot of them former D1 players, Jordan Gates actually was at uh, Arkansas before she came to Grand Valley State. That's a fun fact for you. Yep, I looked in that from my notes. Um, But, no, they played really well, and I think the biggest thing, we had the momentum swing that we wanted right out of the gate, being able to win the first two, and the offense was electric, and Coach Johnson really made a great adjustment defensively up front, uh, going more with the established blocking scheme up front rather than more of the reception to offense game. And that's what really kind of caught us a little bit off balance, that third and fourth set. And you could tell kind of looking at the numbers, hit percentage for us was 250.333, and then it went down to 0.167 and even negative negative point oh two one so you can kind of see that adjustment Uh, obviously the fifth set was an absolute dogfight um, and I think Green Valley committed a little bit more errors than they would have liked to Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that was just a fantastic game I mean shout out to Hannah Tecumseh
1: what a I role was she say, played in that game. I was about to say that Emma Bleacher went down early. I think it was – I don't know if she sprained an ankle or something. Because yeah, I never on, really heard the she diagnosis. She was after that, so it was a little bit scary for that. But she got the call up. She was one of the main people that really come in, especially throughout the season To you know when she had to serve and she – her serving's been incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah. She, you know, at least gets one or two aces a, game, uh, aces a set that she's in. Uh, but she was able to come in, came in really clutch, especially in the fifth set, came up with a lot of big kills, powering it through their blockers, which was incredible to see. And, dude, she really came in really when the team needed her. I was a little bit nervous because I was just like, who are they going to put in? Because, I mean, they, there hasn't really been much deviation from a uh, coach, especially with, you know, who's kind of been going in and out. It's more of like near the end. You know, if it's kind of a, we got it locked, it's going to be third, 3-0 and like we'll kind Toss tossing people in but she was able to come in and really really establish herself as a really powerful offensive threat and that's one thing that i think that really caught grand valley off guard is because when they were setting it or when kayla tossed her she was able to put it down so
0: absolutely 18 and a half points for hannah 14 of 45 hit percentage. That was one of the best on the team all night, and I think that just speaks volumes to how big of a role she played. Three service aces for her as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Henneman DeLape had 17 as well as Claire Nowicki with 16, both with 16 and 13 kills respectively. Nowicki had 25 digs, only trailing Leah Bylet with 30. Lena Anderson also had 20. Uh, 50 assists for Kaylee Mott. She is now chasing 5th all time in school history according to the statistical Shoot, sheet she's just a
1: sophomore too
0: she's just a sophomore and she's already almost top 5 in school history that's how great number 12 has played already in her career um, Cyan Fairfield also added 14 points, 9 of 39 as well as 4 block assists for the Dogs in that championship game I mean, congrats to them, winning the title in a really a great tournament all the way around. Lake State wasn't as clean as you would like to have seen. Um, the biggest consensus after that game, according to the coaches, the players, and what I saw was Lake State threw a lot of different looks at them, and I think that really prepped them going into Michigan Tech. And uh, Michigan Tech came out on fire. They won that first set, elite offensive play. Then we established our defense going in, got back to the game plan, as Coach Brandon Wilhelm said, uh, and then really just took it on from there, winning the next three and then grinding it out against Grand Valley State. One of the best six seeds, I could argue, of all time in the conference when it comes to that. Um, that just shows you how deep our, our league is. But uh, shout out to all the team members. Worked really hard for this. Mm-hmm. The season didn't start as well as they would have liked to. But they played. Year. they played some of the best teams. I looked back, seven of the teams they played, I believe, in their first nine games are in the national tournament. That just shows you how tough of a schedule that was. Um, And I think that just speaks volumes to how much confidence Coach Brandon Wilhelm has in the team, uh, as well as just the season overall, because they got the job done. And really, since... I'm going to count really quick here. I can't even... you know What is it? One, two... They only had two losses since that beginning of the year. No, three losses they had since the beginning of that year uh, when they went over to play those tournaments. I mean, that's just... That's just absurdity. Twenty four and three in your last twenty seven. Coach Brandon Wilhelm knows how to get the job done. The team knows how to get the job done, and it's another successful
1: year for the volleyball program. Mm-hmm. And Gleeck volleyball tournament team, Kainuaki and might Mott made the honors for that one. Yeah, Kaylee sir. Mott also won MVP for the tournament.
0: MVP. She's been awesome. So team's cleaning up, really cleaning house, especially with the postseason awards as well. Four dogs, first teamers Fairfield, Henneman, Delape, Ma, and Nowicki. With those honors, Violet also earned honorable mention. Shout out to all five. But It was also a team effort, as you could tell, because we had a lot of great play from Lane Anderson, um, as well as Hannah Tecumseh. Neither of them were honored in the Ugliac. And that just shows that tournament time, it can be any MVP. It's a clean slate Anybody can step up. Exactly. So congrats to them. They're going now. Uh, They're actually on their way as of now, according in Tuesday. Um, They're en route to be playing on Thursday. They're going over to Quincy, who will be the host for the tournament. They'll be playing Thursday against a familiar foe, the Ashland Eagles, that Mm. they last played a year ago. We were able to sweep them, um, so we wish them the best of luck as the the number three seed going in the tournament, and the only two ahead, Lewis, who swept through the GLVC crown, including beating the number one overall seed Quincy to take that uh, conference championship, as well as Quincy being the number number one overall seed, even though, despite losing in the semis, only lost two games in twenty nine, or yeah, lost two games in their twenty nine game schedule. I think that yeah. shows how good they are. As it is, um, Northern Michigan also made the tournament, number eight as well. Uh, Hillsdale, a team that we played, it will be seven. Um, as well as I'm missing Missouri-St. Louis. Uh, and, yeah, those are the, the eight teams represented the region. And Rockhurst as well. Um, those will be the teams that will be playing. So a lot of familiar faces. It's been dominance from all these schools, and we'll be back once again to
1: hopefully play them all the way through. Dude, I cannot wait. Cannot Brent, wait. Brandon, let's hop into soccer now. Yes, soccer. sir. Big time. Big time going spoiler! down. Yeah, spoiler. Keep Underdog. Went into the Midwest region uh, first and second round. Thriller against Ashland, tied one-one, going into shootouts, and then we were able to go to ninth round. Bellasabo called game, got the whole thing down. Then went to go play the host, Cedarville, won three to one, more convincing fashion there. What a weekend! What a weekend! What a
0: weekend! Yeah, did you see the tweet that was put out on Ferris Day Athletics?
1: Uh, which one was it? I so they,
0: know. so Ferris Athletics put out a tweet. I noticed this when I looked back on Saturday. This is absolutely brilliant. They put great day to be a dog. And then every individual team went on there and was like, oh, absolutely. Indeed it was. Okay. Oh yeah. Can relate and stuff like that. It was just the funniest thing to me because we were all on the same page of what was going on. Uh, so that was kind of a funny prompt there. But yeah, I mean, beating Ashland was absolutely huge. It was a team that beat us earlier in the season with their defensive play. We got back to them. I mean, they started off uh right, or I think believe it was right before the half, 37 minutes. Yes, mm-hmm. if that's correct. Um, and then got it with Nicky May to tie it up, uh, and then ended up going to penalties. We were down after uh, Nicky May shot was insane. No, that you, was you in, watched the recap. Of yes, that? I did. 20 we yards, volley,
1: volley, from the top of the box. Yeah,
0: top corner. Poof, upper Silky. 90s. Silky. Sheesh, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was a really defensive slugfest. There was. 33 fouls in this game as opposed to 15 shots. That can just tell you right out of the gate what kind of a game this was. But Nikki May able to score right out of the second half to tie it up. We end up going to a shootout. And as Joe mentioned, Isabella Savo, one we had on the show, calls game, game. in the ninth round of PKs, when at 7-6. That's the goalie
1: stumbling, too. The goalie didn't even know what to do. Yeah.
0: Also, a prime candidate for might not be playing the most But will come up big in the MVP moments because she only played, I believe, in the contest 13 total minutes. Huh. But she was the hero of the story. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. That just goes out there. If you are listening and you are a bench player, do not think your moment will never come because it will.
1: shots. That's insane, man. And
0: if you're ready for it, you're going to be talked about on a a sports podcast for winning the game, being the hero. Absolutely. Because it happens, but in mid-range two college kids running a sports podcast—that's <laughs> <laughs> all. That's all you need. But uh, I mean, really, shout out to the, the team for just playing a, a great game all the way around. I mean, Daria had three saves, including one crucial save um, in the Cedarville game, which they went on to win the very next, uh, the very next game two days later against Cedarville, who was on their home field. Uh, that was a huge win um, over the Yellow Jackets. I mean, just being able to beat them as the two-seed was absolutely huge. Daria was huge in that game, made a couple crucial saves, um, as well as Izzy Zamberini netting two goals, one in the first half, and then the bracer in the final minutes mm-hmm. um, to clinch the 3-1 win in the open net. Um, and then Jesse Bandic also scoring off of Grace Pratt, a header from the
1: corner, header that set went, pieces! Header, header that went bar Mexico on that they one. They did it! They scored off of a
0: set piece. Yeah, you love that to see was that. Pretty clean. It's incredible. beautiful. And the Nikki Mako was clean. also set up off of a set piece. Mm-hmm. Look at how great this we're, team has got. Really
1: rolling. Woo! We are Boy. rolling. What Absolutely a, fantastic. What a weekend! It was really solid play all around. Um, I think our defense pretty it did pretty well. I mean, Cedarville is more of an offense heavy team, yeah. so they were able to get 15 shots, six total on goal. But that was the same for us. I mean, we had three less shots put the same amount on goal, so it's more about just making sure it gets on frame and I think we did a pretty good job, especially just kind of bouncing back as on the on the offensive side against Cedarville to be able to kind of match their offensive power that they were bringing uh but I just you know our defense you know when 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 it comes down to it. We are one of the best uh, in the region for when it happens, so Absolutely. it's going to be a pretty good one. With that win, we go to Bemidji uh, to go take on the arch rival Grand Valley. Oh boy, in the regional final. Here and we then, go again. It happened, would it just be that one game, and then are they going to a new place after that? For um, I, I f- know it's like in Seattle. It's like the championship game.
0: Yeah, I know. So Seattle is going to be host to the festival, which will be um, for soccer, cross country. Um, volleyball, and then I believe, what sport like am I missing? Soccer, right? Men's soccer, correct. Those four will all be there. Uh, Football still in McKinney with their contracts, so they won't be there. Um, but uh, those sports will all be together competing at the same time, um, which happens once every four years. It's kind of an Olympic vibe that Division II uh, has. Um, it's pretty so, sick. Yeah, it is pretty sweet. Um, but according to the bracket, when I looked this morning, because I also had the same question you did, Joe, if they yeah. were to move on. Um, from what at least I was able to gather for the most part, I believe that they stay in Bemidji one more game. I could be wrong, though. So, right now, um, we in Grand Valley are left in the Midwest region. Up above is Bemidji and Emporia. Um, so, those two teams will take, or the winner of those two teams will take on the winner of this game. Um, and then I believe from there that they play. Um, They will play at Bemidji. I want to say. Yeah. I, I can double check, though. But <laughs> I think that's the way that it's going to go. I believe um, it. I think so. Yes. So I'm. Probably is.
1: They'll probably play like the one after Bemidji. So there's not like. Because how many regions are there? Four in soccer? Is the same as football? Uh, no, there's eight. Eight? Eight total. So yeah, so if you're going to do that and then. Yeah. Probably try and knock it out so there's only like four or five games at the. At Seattle,
0: yeah, I think it. I think it would, it would make sense if they did the final four at Seattle. I'm gonna double check. That's probably but, what it is. Because I have, be
1: whoever wins in the. Excuse me. Yeah,
0: based off of last year, so I kind of cheated here. I went onto our arch rivals website, going behind enemy lines here to kind of see what happened there. Um, so they played uh the regional championship and the quarterfinal in the same place. Well, obviously they were hosting against the national number one seed. Grand yeah. Valley was. Then for the final four, they went to Colorado, which was hosting. So, um, I believe yes, they will play at Bemidji then, um, and then they'll go to Seattle for uh, the final four if they were cool to beans. beat GV as well as the next opponent, which could be Bemidji or, um, excuse me, in uh, Bemidji or Emporia. So we'll have to wait and see. This team looks really good. I mean, I think what we are playing two-dimensional soccer, offensively, defensively lights out um, and some of the best play we've seen all year. Coach Henson seems very confident in his team, um, and we wish him the best of luck. It's going to be an absolute barn burner on Friday. That'll be when the game is slated. We'll obviously preview more of that um, on our next episode coming up later this week.
1: For show. Sure.
0: All right, moving over now. Gridiron. Reg- football. regular season is complete. The football. Dogs took care of business at Detroit, 40-14 victory. Pretty easy. Overweight could Wayne not State.
1: handle onto the football. I will say that. Yeah, I blame the tribal. snow a little so, bit yeah, for that. Snow. Yeah, I, mean I think thing. the snow definitely.
0: Yeah, made a little bit of it. You could <coughs> see on the stat sheet and watching a little bit of the game. Uh, we had five fum or five fumbles, three lost. They also had lost two. Um, as well as we gave we had defensively an absolute heyday defensively on the defensive front eight sacks for 57 yards absolutely phenomenal um from that defensive line um and i thought really we saw a very i I wouldn't call it clean because obviously five turnovers is not fun (laughs) yeah. <laughs> overall in this game, but the defense stepped up and answered the call very well. It was yeah. kind of like we got the slap out of our system now, especially going into postseason play, uh, which we'll get to the matchups here in just a minute, but uh, I mean, finishing 9-1, and one, really that's what, all you could do um, considering the Grand Valley game, um, but I think that you just kind of look at where um, this team is at statistically. Uh, and I think we're seeing a lot of the same similar stuff. We're still pounding yards. We're still making big plays. We're still defensively giving a lot of teams issues up front. And, and that's really all you can do when it comes to being able to control the tempo. So I think there there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, and I mean, obviously, now as we know our opponent being uh, a familiar foe, mm-hmm. uh, feeling really confident going into round one.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a really cool thing, especially when you look back at this game. I think we had a little bit of trouble. Like you said, kind of in the slot, by the way, had a wide-open pass that we let go, uh, or that the defense kind of let up uh, to give Wayne kind of the answer. That was like a little bit of a momentum boost for them, but we really were really able to shut that down and play pretty solid. But going into this uh, postseason, it's going to be pretty sick. I mean, this whole – when you look at where, like, everybody's at and just the teams in each uh, region, it's going to be a per- – like, this – is a lot better than last year. I mean, especially when you look at, I forget what it is, uh, the one that Angelo State and, like, Bemidji and stuff are in, that one's super-duper uh, competitive. I mean, you got School of Mines, CSU Pueblo, Angelo State, Minnesota State, Wayne State, Nebraska. So many of those teams have been ones that have been making some noise so far. But when you look at where we're at, I mean, play, basing against Davenport, uh, that one's going to be a good game. I think still we're probably going to roll them most likely. Uh, I say I know. One sec. Knock on wood. Knock on wood real quick. Of course, quick, of course. You know, Davenport was a team that a lot of people were like, well, Davenport's going to give fair State some fits, but I mean, you saw Davenport wasn't really playing a whole lot of teams that were super great at the start of the year, and then they had to play Austin and Grand Valley. Pretty much the same thing both weekends, just kind of got throttled a little bit. Of course, you got to go into this like any other game, I mean, it's playoffs, and you survive in advance, you got to take one game at a time, which is going to be interesting, but especially when we got a chance to play Pittsburgh state or Indy after that one's going to be really good. Uh, Washtenaw Baptist and Northwest Missouri state are playing as well in the region. And the winner of that will be taking on grand Valley. Uh, but I'm hoping if we win, I'm hoping U Indy wins. Cause I have a friend that goes to you uh, Indy oh, nice. that went to you Indy and that'd be cool to kind of do like to see the us beat them a lot. So that would be kind of cool. But, there's some other spots around the playoffs that are really looking cool. I mean, especially the across the bracket. You got Ashton versus Notre Dame. IUPUI is uh a sleeper number one. I was not expecting them to get. I thought Shepard was going to I thought so as well. Uh, but there is a lot of uh a lot of teams who I think can make some noise in this playoffs.
0: Yeah, a lot of familiar teams. Uh West Florida comes in as a three seed. Um, in the bottom quarter of the bracket in their region as well as Minnesota State, a team we're familiar with hockey, um, as well as Bemidji State are also down in the uh, the lower corner as well as School of Mines, a Final Four team from last year. Um, but I think like right now we're really liking where we are I mean I feel bad for Davenport to have the playoffs once again it feels like we just can't escape playing the Panthers it seems like and I feel a little bad for them uh, but they're going to be up for the challenge they would love to have revenge against us at top Taggart. so uh, we'll see how that goes and uh, I mean Pittsburgh State's a really good team I'll uh, mm-hmm. be very interested to see uh, that potential matchup with you Indy um, and I mean Northwest Missouri State as we know is always a really good really good playoff team so uh, defensively they've been been pretty stout. Uh, they haven't been as good this year as they have in years past, but could be uh, an upset pick over, uh Pap- Baptist. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup and obviously Grand Valley with uh, a very uh, new experience being having the bye for the first time in a long time, um, seeing how they respond to that. Um, and obviously they'll be awaiting their matchup, but certainly it's the number one thing. Take, take care of the football and this team will be able to be successful. If you take care of the football, you play your game, keep the penalties down, play cleanly. We mm-hmm. know we have the talent. We know we have the system too. to beat anybody in
1: the country. No GLIAC rest for this game. No? Just playoffs. That's so true. You know what that means? Holding will actually be called. True. Which is going to be pretty big for the program. That's true. Because de- what are defense going to do? They're going to try to double-team Caleb. I mean, we say this every time. we got four pass rushers who are elite. I mean, you can't really do much, so it's going to be called holding. Of course, that means our offensive line has to make sure that they don't hold or anything like that, but I think it's going to be – you're going to see our defense really come to fruition in this playoffs a lot more than what we've seen, which is going to be even scarier. Uh, Do you want to say something? What happened to Valdosta State this year? They lost a coach. well, that's true. (laughs) I mean, you go from making the national championship this year to going five and six. Woo! Five and six and losing to some not super great colleges. Mississippi College Osborne. Some tough say they might have them. flamed
0: out a little bit.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, the Blazers, man. Tough looks for them. Their yeah, coach actually looks. left.
0: Yeah. He went to, I want to say McNeese State.
1: Oh, shoot. As like a, immediately.
0: I remember this. We like Immediately after the game. We were on the bus back from McKinney, and I, I, I don't remember if you remember this, when we had to stop for construction in, I think it was, uh, where where were we at? Were we in Arkansas? when we had to stop for construction, you know what I'm talking about? And we had Mm -hmm. to stop for like an hour. I was doing my recap of the game, and I was looking up their coach, and I found a press release that very morning that said that their coach left for McNeese State. That morning. Gary Goff, that's what it was. Yeah, Gary Goff was gone. I believe now, if you remember correctly, he's at McNeese State
1: to make the D1 jump. Did he ever play like anywhere, or was he just at McNeese uh, there is, uh football coach
0: yeah i think he i don't know if he ever played actually i didn't look up too much into him i just wanted to know his name um for the article's sake and then i was like oh wait there's an article of him at mcneese state was he a former d1 guy that explains why they're good and then he's like uh, oh no he's going there and then i was like oh immediately after the game that's sus. <laughs>
1: like wow <laughs> well i, I guess he that's played at Valdosta, like in college that could make I know sense. that, but I don't know anything else. Yeah. yeah. quite the record there, 22-3 and three as Valdosta State's head coach. Yeah, he was really good. Crazy stuff. I give him
0: shout-outs. I mean, he gave us... What conference is McNeese? In? He gave him um, fits, especially back in 18 when we oh, played yeah, him. yeah, 18. Yeah. I mean, well, then he, no
1: fits last year, I'll tell you that No much. fits last Boom! year.
0: Yeah, it was not the great look leaving Valdosta after getting throttled in the national championship game. But if you had already planned that in his mind, yeah, probably I mean, it, might, it I mean, makes whatever. sense. But... Uh, it's the way. That's the way he chose. I don't even know how McNeese State did this year. I didn't even look. Let me look it up. Good yeah, let's see how Google good they are. Um,
1: McNeese
0: State. In the meantime, I'll, f- I'll fill football. some time here. 18 sacks from Caleb Murphy individually this regular season. I believe that's only two and a half uh, behind Matt Judon's single season record, which is pretty nice. Uh-oh, you gave they me a really look good. bad
1: look. They did not look good, man.
0: Two and eight.
1: Three
0: I and seven. Oh, that's not great. Not good looks for the old ah, McNeese. They're going to need a couple more years. Rebuild, remember? Three mm. years in the rebuild, right? Yeah, that's true. Dan Campbell. No, rebuild. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Anyway, moving around now. Uh, hockey was in action this weekend. Uh, big win Huge over Mercyhurst. Weird win. Being on the, being at the game, it was very obvious it was
1: weird. And a lot of people at this game. There was a lot of people at this game. Interestingly
0: enough. Thank you guys for packing the pound, and you got to see... A winning a game. A big one. What did we tell it you? It was
1: weird. We scored like three in the first like 10 minutes. Yeah, we scored. And we didn't score at all. Three
0: goals in the first five minutes. Four in the first
1: 13. And then we didn't score at and all We scored in the, the first third. minute and a half. Yeah, and then we didn't score till the third, which was crazy. Yes. That was something else. Scary hit on former Bulldog. Yes. Uh, Brendan McKaylian. Yes. That was not the best thing to see. Um, I think that was just kind of one thing where he was just going in and he was kind of expecting him to look up at all, but that was still... I wouldn't say it wasn't a dirty hit, I would say, but it was definitely kind of a careless one. Um, he was down for a while, which was a scary scene, but uh, that's something that you just don't want to see. Yeah, so
0: I, I, when I watched this hit live and me and Harrison kind of had a reaction to it, the biggest thing we were looking at was the way that he was hit into the glass because I, it wasn't like he was absolutely headhunting. Uh, he wanted to get... Him out of the way to get the puck that was Very obvious like but was it like Were you looking at initiation of The fight coming in before I didn't see Anything of that nature um, But just the way that he kind of leaned Back and then when he ended up getting Hit that it just folded him Right into the glass face first and that That's what ended up uh, knocking him out there For the two minutes he was on the ice and that Was a scary moment I won't lie I mean me and you Joe especially knowing Brendan we've literally had Him on the show um, him and Justin like We're good friends with him when he was here Uh, that was a scary moment to see him uh, down on the ice. And I know he didn't want to leave that game. I mean, you could could tell in the rocker room he did not want to leave that game. He knew he wanted to play on that ice uh, and play against us. So uh, he's a competitor. He's a great guy. Uh, And I just hated to see that on behalf for him because uh, that wasn't the way that he deserved to leave the ice. It just really was a lot dirtier than you would have thought it was um so it was it was a really tough moment and you could tell the players and the fans reacted very like i don't want to say negatively to it and not like not like in a bad way like they fed off of it and it kept the fighting like obviously there was still tension but you could just tell from there the energy got sucked out of the building like it was a very sorrow moment of like yeah we just knocked out one of our former players like in an exhibition game and then from there you could just tell everybody was like yeah, this isn't this isn't cool. Like we gotta like stop and do something. And Mercyhurst wasn't happy the rest of the game, which I don't blame them. I mean, it got real chippy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it got super chippy. Penalties were handed out left and right uh, the rest of the way, but not the way that you want to expect that exhibition. But uh, they ended up finishing out. They finished it out five to one um, in the third period. Both teams exchanging uh, goals in the third period. Um, But I thought overall Noah Giesbrecht was very good, 23 of 23 um, in his performance. I thought... Um, the top lines played really well, especially the young guys. I mean, Caden Galt getting in a point um, on that first goal with Dallas Tulek. Um, Jacob Adal assisting for Stepan Bacorni, uh I thought was huge. Uh, Venuto able to score as well as Schulteis able to score. Brad Merrick able to score. Andrew Noel picking up a point um, from that as a freshman. I thought the young guys played really well um, stepping up. We sat a lot of the veterans going into this game, put a lot of the younger guys up on top lines, move some other guys around. Bradley Merrick played at the wing instead of the center position, yeah, was uh, which was very interesting to see how he adjusted that. Hey, he ended up scoring later in the game um, with that. So, uh, And then also seeing the captains um, being able to kind of be in their first game in the new role with the letters. Uh, I thought Matt Slick is an absolutely phenomenal character and deserves to lead this team. Uh, as well as Stein and Brendan McLaren, uh, my, although McLaren did not play that game. Him and the other guys also showed up, and you could kind of see him down there watching, and that shows how much they care. So uh, great overall exhibition. Could have been a lot cleaner. Could have been a lot better. Um, but uh, you take the good things from that, you take the process, process is the word Harrison used that I thought was really appropriate, with the process of how you played that game, and, and now you take it and you move it ahead for a big slate this weekend. We got number one Bowling Green uh, coming in, which, although they're the number one seed in the table, they have played more games uh, than the other CCHA opponents, and I would have to say, Joe, I won't I won't be like too crazy here, but they are beatable. The Falcons
1: are beatable. That's true. Sorry, I was looking at the standings just to make sure I could look at it. Yeah, that's wow, crazy. Yeah. I know,
0: right? Like they're they do not
1: like you could go back well, any, to, to I mean, the
0: CCHA polls and you can understand what I'm saying. Like they are consensus not the number yeah. 1 team. They could change that, but they are beatable. They're not as a power driven program and roster as Minnesota State, Northern Michigan, and even I would say Tech for that matter.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look at it. I mean, last year, I think we were pretty close to beating them. I mean, 6-3 at Bowling Green and then 2-1 loss the following night. I mean, we beat them Mm -hmm. last year. I don't know how many people they graduated or anything like that, but we brought in a lot of guys. There's been good development in our program, and I think especially when you look at this 5-1 win, I mean, that we had last week, and that's going to propel us into kind of a good slate of being able to get goals across the board. But I think it's more just making sure that, you know, Understand that like they're a beatable team rather than just looking at the at the schedule and saying, wow, they're top of the table. I mean, they're above Minnesota State, which is pretty surprising by, I mean, three points, which is pretty impressive. But like like you said, they've played more games uh, in the conference so far. They've kind of got a more of a good feel for what CCHA hockey has been compared to. I mean, we've only had four games in the conference. So I think going into this game, it's more just making it so we come out hot, kind of having the same performance that we did in the first period of last game. And then just trying to keep that, That go throughout the rest of the way, not trying to get stagnant in the second period or anything like that if we do get ahead, which is kind of what's been happening so far. I've I've found that when we've been getting ahead by two goals, maybe three goals at some point, you know, we kind of lay off the gas a little bit rather than trying to, you know, keep going and get the goals going. We let it more be a defensive showcase after that, which really it's not the best thing because once they do then it kind of just gives them a little bit more momentum because then we started to you know play back on our heels a little bit it's just making sure that we keep it focused keep it forward and keep playing uh, some pretty strong hockey
0: yeah I think the puck movement was fantastic and I hope they continue that Um, and I think that's going to give us a really good chance uh, Friday and Saturday Um, as well as defensive shifts I thought were much more improved uh, obviously, Mercyhurst isn't the most offensive powerhouse of a team, um, but they definitely gave us a lot of open looks, and I thought we responded really well to that. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Pack the Pound coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, 7 o'clock each now. There was a game or a game time change now that we're hosting Davenport for football. We gave you guys an extra th- uh, hour here um, so that you can stop by and watch. Fair hockey play mm-hmm. Bowling Green. So there you Bowling go. Bowling
1: Green does have nine seniors on the team. They
0: do. So, so it's, it's an now or team. never for them. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. But we got some young firepower that's ready to counter that and score by a plethora of goals coming up Hopefully. this weekend. We hope and pray that that happens. So I have, I have confidence. I have confidence. I think we, we will. Win.
1: I feel like we'll probably play pretty solid. I hope so. Yeah. I think, I mean, you look at uh, Geese performance, he had what? Like, he left one goal in on.
0: No, it was Stein, actually, that led in the Oh, goal. Stein? In the second half, yeah. Stein,
1: never mind. Giesbrecht played incredible in yeah, the first period. Yeah, 23 of 23, yeah, if I 23, remember correctly. 23 23. I mean, even Joey Henson got in, played pretty solid when he was there. But I think... When you look at what our goalies have been doing so far, especially when you kind of put them in and give them a spot where they're able to do pretty well, Logan Stein's been really showing out. Geesebrecht's been really showing out. So not really too worried of who we put in goal either one of the first two days, depending if we start, you know, Logan on Friday or no on Friday. It doesn't really matter. I think we're going to be pretty solid in the goaltending department. But making sure that we just play it solid, get two wins, two regu- two regulation wins. Please get a huge. weekend sweep. That would be sick because huge. we'd go from – Five points to nine, and then we'd be above Michigan Tech right behind Bemidji in fifth.
0: Yes, that would be absolutely huge. Anyway, finishing out the Fair State Sports Report, we'll cover real quickly, obviously, early season. Can't make too much analysis of men's and women's basketball so far, but they were in action this weekend. Uh, men's took a uh, a tough pair of games against Trevecca uh, in Southwest Missouri ba- or Southwest Baptist um, from Missouri um, in Nashville at the Robert Garrett Classic, uh, crossover classic that is. Uh, 70-69 loss uh, against Trevecca as well as a 72-65 loss against Southwest Baptist. I looked into this game a little bit, and we overall played we played okay. I think the 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 worst thing was. Uh Southwest Baptist shot like seventeen percent from three uh in the, that game they beat us seventy two sixty five and we out rebounded them. We turned it over twenty nine times. Mm. That yeah, is a little tough. alarming, and obviously it's still early, and that's why we're not gonna hit the panic button or anything of that nature. We're not that crazy, um, so that's obviously something to clean up, and that's obviously one of the prominent reasons uh, why they gave up this game because overall they shot the ball really well um, from the f- from the field overall and from three point range, the free throw line, all the all et cetera. Um, but I think that's just one of the biggest things is you give the other team the ball more, they're going to able to make more plays. So uh, that's kind of the whole thing of that game. I thought the trevecca Nazarene game um, was very, I mean, it was very similar. When you look at the stat sheet, for sure, I kind of look back to see uh, how that game kind of went along in that second half, and it was uh, certainly a game where um, it just seemed like when you looked at Where we were, especially early in the second half, I mean, we were up, I believe, if I remember correctly, at halftime, 36 to 32, I believe, um, was the score at halftime. So we were right there. Um, and we were up by 11, I want to say, going... or I, Actually, 12, um, I believe, going into the uh, the final 10 minutes of the game. Uh, scratch that again. 13. Uh, just had to check my math here. 13 um, would be the answer of 53 to 40. You're so smart, man. I have not done math since high school. Please catch me a break. Um, but this is definitely not the greatest look when you look at the, the turnovers and obviously giving up that lead. But is still early so we just have to be patient we have to trust the team uh and they're going to figure it out i really do have confidence coach Bronkoma uh and i have a confidence in his staff the players um they will figure it out plus i mean we're adjusting to the new the new feel of wink as well the new uh we're, we'll have the new uh, scoreboards in there scoreboards which are already are put sick. up uh, video boards are coming which is reported so mm-hmm. um that's going to be sweet um but playing on the road in a place that's really far away yes bulldog arena does look really cool got to look in there the other day it looks pretty sweet pretty clean yeah it does look very clean i'm i'm really looking forward to up in the stands there's that like it looks like it might be a broadcasting perch Mm. i would love if that's what that was otherwise it could be a uh like a handicap uh or uh, area for some people to sit um it's just kind of like a flat little uh railing uh section of the bleachers but we'll have to wait and see what that's about but uh, I, it's going to be an, a really new, good start to the season. Obviously when we get back at home, we're still in the away slate as of now. Um, uh, but just one of those game, one of those weekends where you take those lessons and you just got to apply them going forward the rest of the season. Uh, and I have confidence that this team's
1: going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about the new school boards. not going to lie. Do you I don't know,
0: like... I can understand. Cause they're very similar to our old ones.
1: They are, but they like got, they're like, okay. case. So it's not like where the, where the black thing is where the numbers go, you know? Yeah. It's well, you saw it. It's like it it's like grey and it's like white numbers. It's like white lights instead of like the yellow. Sure. Or what I think they were still white, right? When we had it in the old ones? It was just black and white instead of Uh, or was it black and yellow? I think it was yellow. Like the light boards and then where the I think
0: it was yellow. And it was like a darker
1: red more than a black. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember. But either way, I like the old ones a little bit better. That's just my personal preference. That's fair. I feel like I'd probably get used to them anyways. Yeah. We just got to figure out who is, is it that was on the scoreboard. Because like we have the set kills and or the digs, kills, and assists thing, but then we just never put it on. Yeah. Which I I don't know. I mean, we did the same thing for volleyball when it was still in Ableglaven, which yeah. makes sense. But I don't know. That's Not just a sure. little pet peeve of mine. little pet peeve. But I feel like it'll be fine when basketball comes around.
0: Sure. Uh, finishing out the report. I will also be playing on this brand new floor as women's basketball. They got two wins. Uh, 75-69 win at Ohio Dominican. Uh, played really well in that game. Chloe Idoni definitely uh was the player of the game. 30 points for her um in that contest. got her Gliak player of the week. Congratulations, Chloe. Uh, and I think the team did a really good job of uh, taking advantage off of turnovers. 21 off of. Uh, The Ohio Dominican turnovers uh, They had 20 total in the game So I think that was a huge flip um, As well as just being able to uh, Score well in the fast break was also Crucial in that game they also picked up a Victory um, over the weekend In the next game they had the very next Day at Cedarville 76 to 66 over the Jackets man we're just having success Over Cedarville right now Mm -hmm. hopefully That continues over for regionals this weekend Um, But Uh, Chloe against had 22 uh, against Cedarville as well so she had another fine performance uh, and the team overall played really well uh, when it came to uh, I think being able to score inside the paint was a big one Uh, you can see it blaring on the stat sheet 44 to 18 Uh, we outscored Cedarville uh, even though they shot a plethora of threes they made 11 threes on 32 attempts as opposed to our 5 of 18 Uh, we were able to pound the rock inside and I think that as well as the rebounds, really propelled us to a victory. And that's very interesting because it almost looked like we were getting smaller a little bit from last year. But now, uh, with Ariel Jenkins coming back, as well um, as Agua being able to have substantial minutes, um, will be very interesting. But uh, I think really you're seeing Chloe Idoni taking a step forward. Um, and I think we're going to see the, our guards just continue to play really good basketball.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing. Mallory McCarty has, or when you look at the stats, sheet, especially, not a whole lot of. Uh, production on the points-wise, but I think you'll really see her come to fruition with just what she's able to do with her vision on the court and passing ability uh, because you have Kenzie Bowers who can drive and, you know, score basically at will. I mean, we uh, I saw that especially when I saw her in high school, but I mean, now that she's here, you're kind of seeing a little bit more cadence going to be lining up from around the three-point line. And Mallory can do that too, but I feel like you're just going to see her, you know, really come to fruition. Blossom as more of a pass-first guard. I mean, she was already, but I think now you're going to see that a lot more. Um, and especially when you got Chloe down low, you got Kenzie on the outside, Kaden on the outside, and Deshauna kind of being in the middle, you're really going to see a, a really, really, really well-working-together team. I think everybody's going to r- adopt to what uh, they have to do. Especially, like Their roles are going to get really—I wouldn't say are going to get super specialized, but I think whatever role that— uh, person steps in on this team, they're really going to do well with it, and that's what's going to make this team do really really solid, especially when Gleak play comes up. I mean, we've got Northwood on Wednesday at home, which is going to be really cool. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then it's going to be a pretty solid one to start up uh, for Gleak because Grand Valley's coming to town. So. Yeah,
0: sir. Big games on deck. You can follow that all on fairstatebulldogs.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, me and Joe are going to break down the debacle going down with the World Cup. Believe it or not, it's almost here. We're going to chat it up, discuss, and give our reactions. Stay tuned
1: nearing the two-year anniversary of this podcast, Brandon and I have found that Anchor.fm is one of the only things that have been able to keep us up and going here in the studio. Anchor is a great way to distribute your podcast as well as edit and basically make sure that everything's running smoothly. If you want to start your own podcast, go on over to Anchor.fm. You can learn all the ins and outs of making your own podcast, distributing content, all that good stuff. That's what we use. That's what we recommend. Anchor.fm. Give it a shot. Back we go.
0: Time to debate. FIFA World Cup, believe it or not, Joe, starts on November 20th. That's Sunday, if you're listening to this episode this week. That's way faster than I remember, one. Two, being held in Qatar, and what I've seen around the development of everything surrounding the World fire. Cup.
1: It's a dumpster fire right now. Very interesting. What are your thoughts? Basically, so a lot of things going on with this uh f- FIFA World Cup situation. A lot of human rights issues kind of going down stuff. A lot of people think it's not going to be a good time because there's not going to be enough people there. Qatar is basically the side that has the population size of Nebraska. For a lot of you people who didn't know, they have like maybe 1.3 million people there. Uh, the biggest thing about this World Cup is that a lot of people were saying that it was uh, basically paid for by Qatar. Like they paid to have it there because uh, back in the day, who was it? Uh, Seth Blatter, the former FIFA president who mm-hmm. basically got kicked out for money laundering and just yep. that whole fraud scheme Uh, just of, you know, taking bribes and stuff. This was like the big thing was that Qatar paid for it because Qatar is not a huge country. It's not the greatest spot to be able to get fans there, Uh, you know, compared to where it's been before. Um, I didn't really like the choice of it being here because you weren't, I mean, for a lot of team. I mean, especially if you look at, you know, England, stuff like that, Europe countries, this is still, what is it, four or five hour time difference for USA, or for Northern North America, Central America, and South America, I mean, Games are going to be going on at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's not going to be the best thing. So it wasn't really, especially with that, a lot of people are having problems with. Uh, but that's the big thing is that there's just not many people. But the funny thing about it is is a lot of the people are saying that Qatar is paying fans uh, for promos for this because they on TikTok there's about, I think, 10 or 11 videos released. I can't remember the exact number of this guy going up to just random groups of, like, it was like 50 or 60 people in the different kits for these uh, countries saying like, who's going to win or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. And they would all like start cheering, but there wasn't really anybody who looked like tourists. It was all people who like lived in Qatar. So it was just like, well, it's pretty clear what it it's all staged just to be able to hype and stuff. And everybody think that it's not going to be much. I mean, as well as. The big thing that I want to talk about too is there's a lot of things going on that World Cup stadium workers are basically having their rights stripped away. They're not getting paid. Uh, they're you know really getting put in really harsh working conditions. Being trying to get these stadiums done, they built five stadiums. Uh, or sorry, is it five or eight? Uh, eight playing venues, and I think they eight. had to. Bu- they had to build five or six at least. Yes. And these stadiums are not cheap. They are state of the art stadiums that have you know, incredible architecture to them. I'll give them that. But there are just a lot of things going on with this World Cup that seem a little wishy-washy, a little fishy to me. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, there's illegal recruitment practices in getting some of these workers in, national nationality-based discrimination, widespread labor, labor rights violations, uh, persistent abuse for some of these uh, workers, and some of them are saying that they're not even getting paid uh, to be able to do this and their lives have been ruined. So there's a lot of things going on with this World Cup that seems like should never have been in Qatar in the first place, seeing as what's going on. Uh, but, Brandon, now that I laid that all out for you, what are your thoughts on this World Cup? I don't like it.
0: And the reason why, it's weird in November because, obviously, normally it's a summer thing. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, that kind of changed with why Qatar wanted it, um, this go-around for this year. Um, and I think with the the overall schedule of it, I think it's... It's not going to be viewed that much, 1A, because NFL football is going on. College football is going on. It's also NBA everywhere, is going on.
1: Like I said, North America, every single game is going to be at 3 in the morning. 3, 4 in the morning. Pretty basically. much, yeah. Which I, so like, It's almost a 10-12 hour time difference. Yeah. Obviously, that's biased from
0: being the in a North American perspective. Yeah, I mean, we're so part of the Western world. That so understand, whatever, I, understand, I Like I don't have any right to argue that with them, which I understand. But the biggest thing with it is... The way that it's been set up, and I think what Qatar is really trying to do is—it's obvious they're paying to try to get their country more publicity, and that's really why they wanted to have the World Cup in the first place. Because one, their overall country, as far as size, geographic, uh, just the whole structure of how it's made, where it is, um, isn't quite suited for a, a. Hosting this big of an event with yeah, all the venues never. they had, they obviously had to build with it. Which I think they'll do. I think they'll do an all right job. Like I mean, I got to see some of the stadiums on a video. I don't know if you saw it with. Uh, yeah, I saw those. Yeah,
1: so being able to see those <laughs> some videos, of them are, some of are sick looking. They are like, super cool. The way stadiums. that they built them are really cool. Like Alcore Stadium, or sorry, Al Bayat Stadium, mm-hmm. which sits sixty thousand, looks kind of like a. It's like a tent looking thing. Yeah. Which is Pretty sick. Yeah. And there's other ones that are really cool. Yeah. The right stadiums
0: back. are cool. Yes, they're they're super cool. But what are they going to do afterwards with those stadiums? I that's what I'm saying. They're going to just know, fall to the ground Qatar and has part. Yeah, I
1: feel like Qatar does not have the They're capability not. of filling those stadiums with – I mean, I'm sure that they have soccer leagues in Qatar, but to yeah. be able to fill it up, no shot.
0: Correct. Like, if it were, for example, to be in North America, which we were also second in the voting, by the way, if that makes sense. We're you still going to joint one.
1: Yeah. We're going to joint
0: one. Yeah, we are going to joint one, which will, be, which will be cool. Um, But it won't be. It was supposed to be. We were in the running for this year's World Cup with Qatar, and they outbeat yeah. us basically because they paid more money is what it sounds like from beyond closed doors. But beside that point, we can be able to withstand that event's as far as putting it together, because we make some of the best events in the world when it comes to like Super Bowl, for example, uh, when it comes to a lot of these different huge sporting events all together. Like we've hold, we've held the Olympics, we'll be holding it in L.A. in 2028. So we, we know we're very capable of that and like we're able to be able to keep it going. Like we've held the world championship in track and field at the University of Oregon And people go to it every year because the venue, year after year, Hayward Field, is absolutely elite and cannot be touched. And that's even going to put it in some of the biggest stadiums in the world. It's just the whole experience around it. The experience in Qatar is not going to live up to some of those standards, and that's why it just doesn't look like it's going to be as great of an event um, when you compare it to, like, Mm -hmm. Rio de Janeiro um, and a lot of the other big events um, that we've had in years past for the World Cup. It, it's just really, it's really just a tough thing for me to get behind. Uh, and especially with, I mean, the whole thing starting with the bribery thing really gets me on edge to start yeah. the entire thing. The fact that they kind of paid themselves extra to get into this and get the bid kind of illegally. Yeah. It that doesn't clear, sit right with it me. It was cleared
1: in an investigation that they didn't, but people are saying like, why would you have it in Qatar when you have the US, which has arguably, I mean, the Qatar has 1.3 million people. The U.S. definitely has more than 1.3 million soccer fans. Probably in each state that they're... There's quite a few. I I don't understand. That's one thing I don't understand. Yeah.
0: I think the the biggest thing is you kind of look back at, like, what I noticed from um, the Rio de Janeiro um, overall, like, that whole... Obviously, there was some still things going on with, like, uh, the environment when it was in Brazil. And then, obviously, like, years later, we have, like... Uh, a couple of the, the major Olympic events that ended up getting cancelled because of like the Zika virus and stuff of that yeah. nature if you remember that that was a no really prominent thing in golf where we had people I remember we were talking about about, about that on this podcast actually Yeah, a little bit ago for a couple years ago but uh, when it came to like South Africa I thought that was one of the, the better environments I would say not necessarily from overall location because like Qatar is a beautiful place like it's not like the it's not like you Dubai or something like that where it's just like holy grail like you're gonna see it on a picture frame in an office and you're gonna be like whoa what is this place uh but the atmosphere around South Africa I felt like it was a lot different uh comparatively to like Moscow when it was in 2018 it felt really different um but I think that when you, you look at where Qatar is kind of standing overall one the venues obviously are going to be nice but they're not going to be maintained two the bribery all together place. yeah it's the, the just the the bribery altogether doesn't sit right with me. The treatment thing is definitely worth mentioning because like they've had migrant workers actually like die that have put this thing together, mm. and that really hasn't been mentioned. And i I think I read up something that they are literally some of them are working fourteen eighteen hour days to try to make this possible. That's what I'm saying. They're it, not getting paid for it. Yeah, and obviously one thing to mention is it's going to be in the weather. It's going to be a big factor because the Qatar's in the desert it's in the middle eastern desert like it's going to be over 40 degrees celsius yes it's over 100 degrees for some of these players that are used to playing in seattle which is literally going to be raining all the time or even up in canada where it's going to be literally be snowing right now so that's a huge difference um, but obviously that's not going to be like the biggest thing at all because obviously you can't control that where the place is going to be but uh, it's just it's just not going to be the greatest venue i don't think people are going to enjoy it as much with all the things around it um, and I think with just kind of the the player perspective, especially for the Europeans, like they have a legit argument because a lot of their players, some of them might not play because it's premier club play right now. Like they literally scheduled it in the worst time when yeah, these clubs are still playing, I rather than the summer it, where they're on break. Yeah, I so. don't know
1: why the way it, it, it's annoying because the one thing that I have to think about is just the atmosphere. Is it gonna be the same? Because when the World Cup was in what was it, uh, Brazil? or whatever, and the World Cup was kind of all in, the, in those other play. when uh, Spain won, it, I can't remember when they had it there, but when you look at the atmosphere of some of these, uh, some of these games, Qatar is not going to be able to replicate what it is uh, to be, because you have, especially when you have like Brazil, or stuff like that, or when you have it, places where there's a large group of people, and a spot where it's, honestly a lot more easy to go watch if you're not even from that country i feel like qatar you know to be able to go there is going to be a lot tougher than you know if somebody want if they held it you know in u.s it's easy to come vacation in the u.s you just got to get a visa then you can come and stay or whatever but to go to qatar it's like you're not going to get the same atmosphere and that's going to suck for the players because you play in the world cup because it's the biggest stage for soccer you'll be able to get watched on tv by millions billions of people probably which is the one thing but in person it, are these stadiums going to be able to get filled is stadium 974 going to be able to get 40,000 people in the in the stands i don't think so nah. is no there's 40,000 people and there's 40,000 seat stadiums there's a s- 260,000 seat stadiums for uh, the championships yeah if you look at the us every every single college stadium has more than that yeah. every single college football stadium has more yeah than
0: that. it's funny that you mention that because back in 1994 they played the World Cup final in the Rose Bowl.
1: Yeah, and do you remember
0: that in Pasadena? They packed there packed
1: 94,000 people in there to Manchester watch that United game. Manchester United played Real Madrid at the Big House. Yes. 115,000 people showed up for yes. that game. If you wanted to actually make it a good good atmosphere for the fans and the players, you wouldn't choose here. It's just cuz of the money. They say that they didn't pay. They definitely did. Number 2 thing about it is I am a very much against a lot of these big events like the Olympics or the World Cup for building stadiums because most of the time that doesn't work out. Nine yep. times out of ten it doesn't work out. Look at Greece. Have you seen look Beijing? At, look at Beijing. A lot of those – Olympic Village doesn't even You get can used literally anymore. like Google how bad some of those facilities yeah, look now. They, they are so run down. The place where they had the – Opening ceremonies, run down. Yep. Nobody even uses it anymore. If you were to go to U.S. or to England or something like that, where they have the facilities to be able to house a lot of these things, you got to go to a spot, especially for this, where it's not going to be an economic burden for the place to be able to figure it out. Rio de Janeiro, back in the when they had the World Cup there, that place is run down. They're not using half the things. If you go to America, you could literally go to L.A. or to California, and you'd have stadiums galore that you could use because for Summer Olympics look at this you got Dodger Stadium you got Angel Stadium you could even go to UCLA and use their thing for maybe a couple of things you got the Rose Bowl you got uh wherever the Chargers play you can go so to five. the Coliseum wherever you want to go but if you really wanted to move around especially with this with the sharing between Mexico, Canada and America for the next World Cup you're not going to have that problem because the stadium's already built. Sure. I have a big problem with it is because you're wasting so many man hours and th- stuff like that on stadiums that are just going to go away. And you're wasting so much material and you're doing so, – like you're clearing out some of these spaces that could be used for such better things and such more beneficial things for the community around them rather than just a big stadium that's probably going to go out a of, out of bit. Like I mean, I, I don't know what Qatar is like for, you know, how – Poor they are for if they have poor situations there because most likely they just have a lot of money if they're able to pay that much and Qatar seems I mean it's right by Abu Dhabi isn't it? Uh in that
0: area, yes. I want so to say. okay, yeah.
1: So money stacks is basically what it's called. Uh, so I don't think they're gonna do that much, but I just feel like they're gonna see a lot of these stadiums just go to waste in a long time. And that's one thing that I hate about these big events. I love watching it, but especially when you leave it, it's just like well. Okay, what are we going to do with these stadiums? Yeah.
0: I don't have a full problem with building the stadiums. I think that's a unique way to build into the game. My problem is, for especially in Qatar's sake, what are you going to do with the stadiums when they're done? Now, if you built stadiums I'm in America, like not saying that we need more stadiums for, for Pete's sake. We have so many stadiums. We don't need to. But if theoretically they wanted to, at least we can build them and have these world-class facilities that can be used for hosting things like the MLS Cup Final or that you can be used to host even other events if you want to hybrid them into a football stadium or whatever. Like, you could make that happen. But uh, I just... The problem is that I personal pet peeve of mine not to get personal on this podcast but having empty buildings and rundown facilities that are just not used and their work became like a waste of money drives me crazy mm-hmm. and obviously like that could be the prime thing that we're going to see in qatar um but It's just really tough for me to get behind that, especially with all the other things going around, especially that they're not properly having workers build those um, under the conditions that they deserve, uh, as well as like one note of it is Qatar, like economically is way, way worse than in parts of America. Like the, the economic overall structure is very bad. Like it is gonna be super expensive for people to buy tickets there buy concessions like i think i read something here on on a list that said it is the number one most expensive place on the earth to buy like beverages like beer and booze and stuff
1: qatar is a place of luxury yeah i I think when you're looking at hosting a place for a for any athletic type thing that shouldn't be the first thing because to me people who enjoy watching sports aren't The multi-billionaires who are on their yachts and stuff like that. When I think of watching sports, I'm thinking of blue collar people or just like regular daily people who go and watch to be able to be a part of a community to be able to have that type of camaraderie and to have that one thing kind of unite everybody. When you go to Qatar, I feel like you're not going to get the same – like that. Like I said before, you're not going to get the same atmosphere and you're not going to get the same feeling from what it's like to be able to watch it in person when you go to places where it's going to be – like if you had it like in England or something like that or if you had out in the U.S., you'd see a lot more camaraderie. I feel like this one you're not going to because I feel like when you – because it's tough because I don't want to say like you have to be poor to watch sports to actually get a good experience of it. But I feel like when you have a space where – there's so much money involved, and there's so many people who are so rich. It's just not the same type of experience viewing it, and you're going to be able to see that on TV. Mm-hmm. I feel
0: like. Yeah, I think we're going to—bold prediction. I don't think we're ever going to be considering Qatar to host ever again after this. Never. Just saying—not uh, necessarily saying the tournament's going to be bad, but I think it's going to be way underprivileged um, for what they— paid up to get it i think they're not going to be able to put in the same amount of effort as what they did to pay Absolutely for it no. which was also illegally but that's beyond the point anyway the games themselves could be very interesting
1: november 25 england it's going to be called soccer from then on usa versus great britain we're going to beat them. that much we're going to beat them let's go it's gonna be called soccer oh boy that'll be interesting soccer no more football. <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary War Part 2? Uh, dude, probably. That one's going to be <laughs> sick. Oh I'm going gosh. to watch that game. I'm straight watching watching. You're going to... Wait, you're going to Qatar? No, I'm watching it, though. Oh, okay. Like, I was I like... Fr- wait, forget you're when going it to it the game I after... I can't remember if it's like in the morning or in the afternoon or probably late at night, probably. But I'm I watching the remember. game. I'm watching that from the straight first kickoff to the time it ends. And I'm telling you what, USA all the way, baby. We're winning that. I forget who else is in our group. I think it's Hungary and someone else.
0: Yeah, I can double check for you. I was just looking up the the World Cup groupings. fixtures and groupings Google. myself. But World Cup groupings. Yes, but uh, it's going to start off Qatar and Ecuador on Sunday. Uh, obviously, not many people are going to be watching that game. Uh, I believe Iran is in our group as well yeah. as uh, group, one more wanna, team. Rapid, oh, rapid fire groups. Wales rapid fire them. groups real quick. Yeah, let's do
1: it. All right. We'll switch it off. I'll go to Group A, you do Group B, so on and so forth. Oh, no, you can just read them all. All right, Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands, Group B, England, Iran, USA, Wales, Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland, Group D, France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia, Group E, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, Korea, Republic. There you go. There we go. Group right. B, I feel like, is the big one. Group yeah. B is pretty sick. Like, England, that Wales, in the U.S. all together. Group C is probably going to be another one because you'll have Mexico, which has Chicharito and stuff like that. Argentina, you'll probably have Messi. I don't know. Is Messi retired from national uh, yeah, play? I believe he's Never mind. Retired. Argentina, get out of here. They're you'll still have pretty Poland, solid, though. You have Poland, though, which has, uh, what's his name? I, mean, I think, wait, who? Poland. Who is on Poland's team? I know who it is. Uh, are you talking about Lewandowski?
0: Yeah, that's. Who is it that is. who it is? I might be. Yeah, that'll um, be a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, is Co- he from
1: Poland? Group E is going to be pretty solid. I feel like that one's going to be that one's an underrated one. I feel like actually it's probably not. It's probably pretty. I mean, you have Spain, yeah, which is best really one good. I'm watching. Costa Rica, Germany is going to be pretty solid. Group F, I feel like Canada honestly could run. The, I mean, no yeah, Croatia. Croatia's going to run the table in that one. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah. That one's a very interesting one in my mind. Uh, I would definitely say group. Uh, I would want to say uh, G is also a very interesting one. You got Switzerland, Cameroon, Brazil, and Serbia. Uh, a lot of underrated teams in there, mm-hmm. um, from what I've read, as well as group H would be very interesting um, if, you know, Ronaldo um, would be playing with Portugal. I don't know if we've actually heard if he is or not, um, as well as Uruguay, who's been an, a very good team um, to play. Is it Uruguay or Uruguay? I think it's t- potato, potato, tomato, tomato, tomato like at a, this point. There's so many different depending ones. Depending on where you're
1: from type deal. Yeah, I think so.
0: But It's going to be a very interesting World Cup. I think the United States is a pretty solid team, a very young team, an upstart team, and it seems like this year we've had a lot more uh, emphasis going into the
1: World Cup, and I think that's very Well, we got the LeBron promising. of soccer with Christian Pulisic. <laughs> Christian Pulisic, the I LeBron think, of soccer. I think we got a good chance to, I wouldn't say run the table, but to make some noise, I feel like. Because this is kind of the first time we're like – I mean, last time we were in the – in the uh, what's it called? In the World Cup, I think. We didn't play super hot, but we did beat one team, I think. But this year, I feel like we got some pretty good players. A little bit better expectations, if you ask me. Yes, I would agree
0: with that. And I think with our players, too, I think we have a really good uh, roster. Le- a couple years, it seems like, especially under the coaches, uh, wasn't like a whole lot of love there uh, overall when it comes to that, yeah. but uh, I, feel like I the, the chemistry is there. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it's definitely better, but, uh, I think we have a lot of great players overall. Uh, I mean, Matt Turner and goal is not going to be, uh, obviously the, the likes of Mr. Tim Howard, but it could definitely be interesting to see what he does there. We got a lot of, uh, young upstart players. Uh, Deandre Yedlin is one that I've watched in the premier league a couple times. Uh, who's a really phenomenal player. Weston McKinney is an up-and-coming up and, up and coming talent for sure, um, especially playing over in Europe uh, in the Premier League. Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic that you mentioned as well. Uh, I think we have a lot of talent. I think that this is a very young team, uh, but I think it's still a very good team that can provide some noise. And I think this year, overall on the board, I'm not going to say it to jinx it, but I feel like the not as star-studded lineups across of a lot of other teams, especially now when you got guys like Messi um, that have retired and a lot of the other old and greats that have moved on. Um, but still going to be a lot of interesting games, I would say, for sure. And it's going to be fun to watch. And we're going to be doing it from our own homes, not from Qatar, uh, from the conversation that we've had just now. So let us know what you think. Obviously, this will probably be on YouTube later on. Um, and you can leave your comment down below what you think of Qatar. Uh, and the World Cup all together, and why the United States is going to make it 20 times better uh, when it eventually comes absolutely, to the States. Absolutely,
1: baby. Yes. absolutely.
0: Soccer, not football. It's going to be soccer from now on. You can take that to the bank. 25th? Mm-hmm. What time? Count it down. I don't even know. Oh, well, whatever time it is, we'll be there. Whatever time, it's game time. Game time. Beat England. That's where it starts. Woo! Thanks for listening, y'all, to this episode. We know you love soccer. So if you want to hear some more soccer, let us know. Uh, We'll be back to regular scheduled programming from a new place coming up next week, but we'll finish out this week in our final episode later this week here from the Bulldog Radio Studios. It's been a fun run in this building, um, but we're on to bigger and greater things. So until the end of this next week, make sure you subscribe and on all of our platforms as well as follow us on social media. But until
1: next time, take care, everybody.